0: I have asked these young folks to do just about the impossible, and that is to take the week of what God did in their lives and contain it inside of two minutes. So uh, if you all will come and begin to share with us what God did in your life. Come quickly. Brother
1: Max. Well, I'm the shortest one here, so I don't know what to say. Um... The kids there were amazing and um, we went to digs for our morning sites and I was pre-K recreation so we played a lot of games and it was so sad to see the little kids like just breaking out in fights but it was like after that first day it all calmed down and we had a great time and in our afternoon site we had Young's Terrace which was I don't know. Um, there were fights, as same as Digs, but it was a little bit more more fights. Um, <laughs> so we I made this really awesome friend. Her name was um, Kamaya, and. She was the best. That's all I have to say.
2: Now, I tried to tell them I'm not a member here, so I shouldn't have to do this. And they just laughed at me. (laughs) But, um, and, and I started thinking about that and, you know, wondering what I could say, and I was reminded of a verse in Second Corinthians. My dad used to read to me all the time whenever I didn't want to get up and share. And uh, it's Second Corinthians chapter 1, and it's verses 8 through 10, and I'll just kind of summarize because it's long. But um, Paul is talking to the church about the mission trips that he's been on, and he says, um, first of all, we were burdened beyond our strength. We went through so much that we couldn't bear it all. But God allowed that so that we would learn to rely on him. Um, He also says, we didn't want you to be ignorant of what we were going through. I'm writing this letter to tell you because you're a part of it. Um, He says, uh, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf. And I think it's important not just for us to go and do ministry, but for us to come back and tell you about it. Because you participate through giving and through prayers And through your encouragement and support, you know, the texts and the Facebook that we get um, while we're gone uh, just encourages us to keep going. So you guys are just as much a part of it as we are. And uh, I want to brag on all these young people sitting behind me because they blew my mind. Um, They were phenomenal. They were thrown out of their comfort zone, and they jumped in both feet forward, and they loved on these little kids, and they just poured out their hearts to them. Uh, and they sang songs, worshiping God on the bus there and back again. And it just humbled me to be a part of such a great trip and to be a part of the body of Christ doing his work, uh, sharing the gospel with others. I was so pleased and honored to be a part of that. And I thank you guys for making that possible. I thank you for praying for us while we were gone. And, um, I just thank God because he is so good (laughs) it was a long week and a lot happened and there were a couple of nights I sat downstairs and I was just like I gotta breathe I gotta breathe (laughs) but you know God just gives you strength to overcome you know when you're burdened beyond your strength you learn to rely on God and we did that this week and we just we give him the glory.
3: I might start crying just slitch on it. So. Okay. This week I went on a trip to Shrimp, Southampton Roads Mission Project. Many of our adults and youth did vacation baba school in inner city communities with children who do not know God. Most of these children have a rough life from the start and all they want is someone to show them love and attention. You go into the mission thinking you're impacting the children's lives, but they're really the ones impacting your life. When they tell you they don't have a mom or dad, you become thankful for the you become thankful for the family you have in life. The children have never been told God put us on this earth for a purpose, and none of us are mistakes, and he has made each of us in his image wonderfully and beautifully. This week, God put a very special little special seven-year-old boy in my life named Booby. God had already planned for him to be in my life before I knew he ever would. On the first day of vacation Bible school, I knew he would impact my life when he picked up a Bible and reading station and asked me to read it to him when he wanted, and when he wanted to know what our bracelets were about. That Monday night he said, Miss Sabrina, can I please pray for you before I leave? And that just touched my heart deeply. I told him that he better come back and see me. Then Wednesday, Tuesday, and Thursday went by and he did not show up. On Friday before I left church, I prayed to God and said, This child has impacted my heart. Please let me see him before I leave. So when we got to our site, he didn't show up at the beginning or for any rotations. Then at closing for music, he walked up to me and I knew God had answered my prayer. When I was saying goodbye to him, he said, Miss Sabrina, can I please pray for you one last time? And he asked that God would stay in each other's hearts forever. And this is a little verse. I put, I have made you, I will carry you, I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. Isaiah 46, 6.
4: Surprised I didn't trip coming up here. Okay, Second um, Corinthians twelve nine and ten says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults, in hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So this has always been like one of my favorite verses. Um, But up until the past week at Shrimp, it actually took on a whole new meaning. Um, And I saw God's power, and he made a ton of people stronger. And this verse just became like a study mentality the whole week. So I have two stories that i like to share. Um, I spent the week working at Pre-K Recreation, and it was a lot of fun. Um, But my first story, they both take place at Young's Terrace, um, a place that we were working at. Um, But I had a little group, like around me and I was like it was a pretty small group but I was trying to explain the game and that's very hard to do Um, and it like took one second before they were distracted and so I had this little girl and she looked up at me and she was like your eyes they're so pretty and I was like okay like I didn't think anything of it and she was like they're not dark brown like the rest of ours and so at first I didn't think anything about it and it was later on that God spoke to me and he was like you know they've never seen green eyes before In the same way that they've never seen Jesus' love, his light, his peace. They've never seen that. They don't know what that looks like. And they're only used to the darkness and sin that surrounds their communities. And so that really hit me. You know, we're there to show them green eyes or show them God's love. So that was really big. Um, And Jesus' love is so much more beautiful than green eyes. I know that. So it was good to get to go there to show them that. My second story also comes from Young's Terrace. And I had a little boy and he was in Sabrina's group, and his name was Kamari. And he reminded me a lot of myself. He was like the instigator, always wanting to start stuff. Um, I know, I, <laughs> y'all wouldn't think that like, of me, but um, I had asked him because he kept getting fight, fights with kids and trying to start stuff, and I was like, hey, do you want to come help me with the rec for the rest of the week? Because I knew, you know, he was causing her so much trouble and I wasn't about to let that happen. So he was all excited, he was helping me, he was great. Like, he did good for the rest of the week, but that was literally the calm before the storm. Because, um, we, it was getting dark that evening. It was Wednesday evening. And, like, he just kept going at this kid and punching him. And I was getting frustrated. And it was like, I was impatient. I was angry. You know, like, we'd pull them apart and they'd go straight back to each other. Like, once we told them, like, hey, quit fighting. And I was like, God, like, this, we're here to show them Jesus. Why are you letting them keep fighting? But, Finally, we had to leave because it was dangerous to be out there past dark, so we got on the bus, and we went back to the church, and, like, I I had that angry, silent feeling about me, like, if you would have talked to me, I probably would have exploded, like, I was just so frustrated, um, because I was just tired, like, I had never broken up fights like that before, so I got back to the church, and I had no idea it was Cry Wednesday, (laughs) and, like, leave it to me to cry on Cry Wednesday, but, like, the one time, because I'm not super emotional, so but I did. I pulled my baseball cap down, and I just let the tears go. But I was praying. I was like, God, like, why? Like, why this? Like, I just didn't understand why they kept fighting so much. And I read my verse, like my second Corinthians verse, and he just spoke to me, and he was like, Janelle, you know how many times you go back to those same fights in your life, and you keep fighting them and fighting them, but I bring you back to myself, and I forgive you, and I show you my love, and you've got to do the same thing with these kids, because they may never see that, And, you know, he just gave me a sense of peace and patience for the rest of the week. So that really touched me. And, I mean, we didn't have any more big fights like that for the rest of the week. And God really helped me to be patient with them and not as angry. But I also want to thank you for answering God's call to come to Rocky Mount. Because he brought us this amazing opportunity to go to Shrimp. And if you've asked me, like, I'll tell you I would go back tomorrow if I could. Like, I loved it that much. But I want to thank you and I want to thank all of you for your support. Because we needed the prayers. Like, it was a tough week. But I loved it, so thank you all. Well, I'm Jacob. When I signed up for SHRIMP, I knew my goal was to show the love of God to the kids. I would have never imagined that they would have been such a blessing to me. And the impact this mission project has been on my life. One of the kids I connected with was Kyleita. At one point during the week, she asked me to pray for her. She had such a difficult living situation. We prayed about that and that God loves her. I met so many kids that I will always remember in my heart this trip was such a blessing to me. I can only hope I was a blessing to someone there.
5: Okay, so um, first of all, I would like to start off with how all these Those precious kids made a huge impact in my life. The kids that I met while I was in Norfolk, Virginia were some of the sweetest kids I have ever met. So many kids that I worked with have been put through so much in just a short time of their life. I personally worked with crafts where I got one-on-one time with the children, and I would ask them about their family and their life, and many would respond that they didn't have anyone that cared about them. Many of the kids don't have parents that care about them or anyone to play with. Therefore, when they see us, they come to us and we have to show them 365 days of attention put into one week. The Kids touched my heart and made me realize that there are better things in this life other than social media, TV, and violence, and all that kind of stuff. They taught me to love myself and to make the best of any situation. It is what they had to do their whole life. I was called mommy, aunt, sister, and princess by a little girl who said I was her princess. And many other sweet things by these little kids this past week. They looked deeper and past the skin tone of us, and they and the kids loved us all for who we were. They weren't. They weren't and aren't born to be mean and violent. They were. Ta- they are taught to be that way. And this past week, we changed some of the children's lives for forever. We brought many kids to know who Christ is, and many kids brought Jesus into their hearts and were saved. These kids meant so much to me and every one of us. And every one of us in just a short week they were like family there were many tears when we left the kids on Friday it was honestly like leaving a family member behind because you and that child had gotten so close they looked up to each and every one of us in many ways throughout all of the, throughout all of the tears and heartache this past week I would not have changed going to bring the word of Jesus Christ to these children for anything in this world I would definitely remember those kids forever and I hope to see them again next year thank you
6: This week when I found out that I was going to be going to Shrimp, I was exhausted because we had come back from New York and I was like, oh no, another trip. But once I got there, everybody was treating me like family and I felt at home. And then when I met the kids, I felt sad because they were latched on to everybody all week and... They really like to be hugged and loved on. And I had a little girl wrapped around my neck all week and by the time it was time to go, I had to walk her to the gate so she could go home. And she cried and her grandma came and got her. And when I turned around, I cried because these kids were amazing. It was a really great trip. And when I got back, I was like, I wish it was longer, and it was really fun.
7: I guess they saved the best for last, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, hold on. I have my points here. All right. First of all, you never know how old you are until you have to lay it on an air mattress all week. (laughs) And you, thank you, God, for breaking me through it. Um, Jessica made a, um, on the first night we were there, uh, well, the first night I was there, I think, right? I don't know, Monday, I can't remember Monday, it seemed like Saturday every single day of the week because there were kids everywhere playing and we were out there so every single day seemed like a Saturday like you would see or grow up with, you know everybody playing ball and stuff but um, she had um, devotions that night on um, I think it was in Corinthians love is patient, love is kind and I can't remember the rest but it, it really was like hit home even though i have a hard time with patients i really try and um so we i've really had a week of trying times with my little ones they were with me too so um you know trying to keep them in 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 tune and um they saw a lot they're not here this morning because they're wore out from different things and so um they saw a lot this 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 week as far as children not having as much and not having the um, respect and the manners that, you know, we try to bring our children up with and and these children think, you know, give me a hot dog or whatever. and You know, we don't allow our children to talk that way and stuff, but they needed to see us showing the love that we showed them in order to know that there is a different way of life. It's not how oh, it's the way I was raised or the way I was, whatever. It's the way you can change yourself. Just like God changed us when he saved us. You know, we didn't walk up and immediately was changed. I mean, it's like he saved us and worked on us. You know, I mean, someone that's an alcoholic doesn't stop right then just because he's saved. He may need to wean off of it. He may need God to work in him, you know, whatever. Um, but I know I'm getting off subject. I'm sorry. I do that. Um, anyway, um, we had a thing um, that when we pulled out the registration box, um, a lot of times the bullhorn, the siren would go off <laughs> and would scare us to death. But they didn't flinch because they're so used to it. And um, so that really was eye-opening to me because, you know, you hear a, a, a siren and you're thinking, oh, someone's hurt, you know, or something like that. And they're just playing, not paying attention to it because it's normal. I mean, when we went to the one place I think we had to get cleared to go that night or something, they had already had a shooting or something like that with yellow tape and the police were there. And we're out there with our kids. And so it was, it was extremely... Um, it, it was extremely eye-opening on that. And so, um, anyway, I'm nervous. <laughs> um, we had a great group of teenagers that we were working with. Um, I've, on fire for God, is all I can say. They were awesome. I mean, I'm not a teenager by no means, and I could not keep up. <laughs> but they were just awesome. They were full of fun and laughter and and, and hugs and just everything revolved around just. Doing God's work, and that was, um, that was really awesome. And so, we didn't have any, hardly any cell phone service and no TV, which did not hurt me one bit. Um, I didn't miss it. Um, we had, um, uh, I was with the youth where I was, so I was like with the older kids and um, trying to keep up with these older kids playing football another reason why you're not as young as you used to be is you know it's it's kind of like i don't know these kids have so much energy and so much wanting to play and have fun and stuff and and you know it's it's all about if whatever if you can bring God's word through football it can happen you know i mean it, God's word doesn't have to end right here between these walls. It goes further. And so if it's football, it's football. If it's dancing to praise and worship, it's dancing or reading books, sitting with them and stuff like that. Um, the kids were full of hugs. I know y'all have heard that. Um, you know, like I said, I was with the older kids, so they weren't, they've weren't. they already been in tune to be a certain way, and that's, I'm sorry, that's guarded and stuff. So they didn't give as many hugs as the little ones. Um, they were hungry. They were very hungry. I mean, they just, that's all they wanted to do was come and eat and then play. So I think we changed up our strategy of feeding them first. And so that way they were, you know, having fun afterwards instead of being hungry. Um, I'm almost done. Uh, (laughs) um, We had a thing they called uh, Crying Wednesday because by Wednesday, I believe our nerves were all shot because we were wore out. We were tired. We were sleepy, hot, uh, sunburnt. Um, overwhelmed with all the emotions of everything that that's going on and what we've seen, and then we had Bawling Friday, which was when we were leaving and everyone, um, we had to say bye to everybody. You know, all these kids were up on our bus and wouldn't leave, and you know, and it's, it's heartbreaking because they don't want you to leave; they want you to stay. And I'm just glad that I got the opportunity to be with them. I know they were trying, and they got on everybody's nerves. But I'm glad that my kids, my little ones, got to see this too, because it not only opened their eyes. Because I tried to, I tried to get them ready for it on the way down. You know, letting them know that hey, these kids are not like what you're around. These kids. The children there—they're—they're—they're just not like what what you've been brought up around, and you've got to understand that, you know. And so they were like, I was like, you got to show them love, and you got to show them uh, God that God loves them and stuff. And you know, we were having group prayer over a little boy named Darius, and different people were praying, and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, Taylor starts praying. My son starts praying over this little 18-month boy. And, you know, and I mean, I hope and pray that he's on fire for God. He'll be seven next month, and I hope and pray because he will just automatically just want to pray. And, you know, it may be a little silly prayer of different things put in there, but God knows his heart. And I'm hoping and praying that God will work in these communities and will work on the ones that did get saved that they will bring it to their community, and I pray that it spreads like wildfire. So once that community is done, we can find another community to go work on. You know, that community is done. Let's go to another one. And then we got those Army, uh, soldiers of Christ to come with us and work with other communities. That's, that's amazing, and thank you. And if it wasn't for the church and others in the church, whatever, we wouldn't have been able to, to, have, to have done this and stuff. And I just thank you guys.
0: Have your Bibles. If you turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter four. Mark's Gospel, chapter four. What we saw and what you've heard from Shrimp was how God takes what may seem little, and He expands it and He builds it to accomplish what He wants to accomplish. God's kingdom, that is, His rule, His reign, His work, is not impressive. It doesn't overwhelm people. But it changes and transforms lives and communities. Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, beginning with verse 30. And Jesus said, What can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can nest in its shade. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. In that day and age, mustard seeds were one of the smallest seeds that existed. We believe what he's referring to here is what was called the black mustard. There were three types of mustard plants in those days, but the black mustard was one that could grow up to 10 feet or more in height. The birds would come. They loved to eat the seeds of it. And Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like that. It looks small when it starts out. It looks weak. It looks vulnerable. It looks like it's not gonna accomplish much of anything. But give it time, because the issue is not how it starts. The issue is not how small it may seem to be. The issue is the power and the glory and the holiness and the love of God that is in the kingdom of God. And what is in it has the power to transform lives. And what is in the rule of God, the will of God, the work of God, has the power to transform communities. You see, I don't believe God has just called us to the transformation of individual lives. I believe God has called us to the transformation of communities. Because when the Lord moves, He doesn't just move in individual lives, He moves in lots of people. He moves in communities and groups of people. Jesus said... That power is in it, and Jesus demonstrated it himself. Think about his life and his ministry. Jesus comes on the scene. He's born in this dinky little town called Bethlehem. Then he's raised in another dinky little town that nobody had any use for called Nazareth. Remember they said, what good can come out of Nazareth? So he comes out of that background. He says he's starting a kingdom, but he's starting a kingdom in the face of the Roman Empire, the mightiest empire up to that date that had been known by man. Everywhere you turned on a street in those days, there were Roman soldiers. And those soldiers, those legions, were there to remind you that the emperor is king and Rome rules the day. Every time you pulled money out of your pocket, there was the image of the emperor to remind you the emperor rules the day. And Jesus is sitting here saying, I have a kingdom. Well, what kind of kingdom can you have in the face of the mighty kingdom of the Roman Empire? But Jesus knew that he was not about a political kingdom or a military kingdom. He wasn't going after people's power. He was going after their hearts. The third year of his public ministry looked like the end of it all. Scholars call it the year of rejection. Everywhere Jesus went, he was being rejected, misunderstood, ignored. At the end of the year, they crucified him. And so the seed looked like it had fallen in the ground... and the seed of the kingdom was dead. For three days. But you see, the power and the glory and the holiness and the love of God... was in that tomb, and you can't contain it in the tomb. And three days later, Jesus burst out of that tomb... because the power of the kingdom that was in Him could not be contained by a tomb and could not be contained by death and could not be contained even by the Roman Empire. And when he walked out of there and then the power of the Holy Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, that power transformed Jerusalem. And then as the Christians spread throughout the Roman Empire, it eventually conquered the very empire that had tried to snuff it out. You see, as we went into these communities and as we as a church in the future go into communities, whether it's here in Franklin County or in Southampton Roads or if God calls us overseas somewhere, as we go, we're always going to go with the seed of the kingdom, but the seed of the kingdom is always going to look weak and vulnerable and like it can't get the job done. But there's never been a job that the seed of the kingdom of God could not get done. There has never been a life that Jesus, given opportunity, cannot change. Folks, the issue that Jesus is trying to teach us here is it's not the side of the seed. The issue is, are we planting the seed? You see, the only thing that can hold the kingdom of God back is the seeds never planted in the first place. The only thing that keeps these communities from being transformed is that the word of God is not shared and the love isn't given. What you all discovered this week and what you've seen in the pictures I I saw for years pastored in that area is when we went into these housing projects and into these communities and we shared Jesus with folks, people would say, well, you can't do it and folks aren't going to listen to you and this won't happen and that won't happen. I'm so sick and tired of hearing Christian people always talk about what God cannot do and God won't do. Isn't it time the church stands up and says what God can do and what God wants to do and what we are believing and expecting God to do? And he has proven over and over again he can transform any community. If what we preach in a nice, cool sanctuary on a Sunday morning really has relevance, then it should not just have relevance when we're in a nice, safe place like this. Its ultimate relevance is outside this building where the folks are. This morning, I had to do a bus run. I say a bus run. We don't have a bus yet, so we're doing car runs. We get getting that bus in about two weeks and we pray God fills it up. I'm praying God fills the bus up, and we're still going to have cars picking kids up. But I went over to a community to see if I could pick some kids up. And I looked around the community. About 10 o'clock this morning, this is what I saw. A whole lot of people, not in church. I saw a front porch filled with people, not in church. But they just waiting for us to get to them. They don't realize that. They soon will. Well, they're just waiting. One of the things we used to do all the time in Hampton Roads is I call it raw evangelism. You just go to the folks who just don't know Jesus and they're so far away from Jesus it's not even funny and share His love with them and swatch the seed of the kingdom. Now, we got to practice what I call kingdom patience. When God goes to grow a great, mighty oak tree, He doesn't do it overnight. It takes time. But we plant the seed and we wait on God to do His thing. God's calling us to sow. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, I want to ask you to join me at Lee Wade Elementary School. We're going to gather there with some other believers from a sister church. We're going to pray over that school. And for the students that will be in that school. And one of the reasons we're praying at Lee Wade is because on Tuesday, October the 3rd, at 2 p.m., we will begin a Good News Bible Club, sponsored by this church at that school. Met with a principal this week, laid out all the logistical groundwork. Next week I'll be telling you when we're going to train you to be a part of it. But that's just less than a mile from this church. Three weeks from today, Sunday, August the 27th, I'm asking you, as many of you will, to join us in beginning what we're going to call a missions development team. And this team is going to be in charge of developing everything that we do as a church in missions. And when you walk into the fellowship hall that day, we're going to have the Franklin County table. And for those of you that have a burden and a passion from God to reach this county, I'm going to ask you to go to that table. For those of you that have a burden and a passion from the Lord to to reach folks here in the United States and to help us with shrimp next year, I'm going to ask you to sit at that table. For those of you that God's speaking to your heart about overseas work, I'm going to ask you to sit at the overseas table. For those of you that... The Lord speaking to you and you want to be a part of disaster relief so then, we have hurricanes or earthquakes or whatever. You can get the training and lead our people to get training so we can roll teams out of here to go into disaster zones and minister to people in Jesus' name. Sit at that table. For those of you that men that feel called of God to be part of men's ministry, we're going to have a men's ministry table because one of the things I want to see us do this spring is have a father-son men and boys retreat where we do two things. We take dads and their sons out for a weekend to spend a weekend together out somewhere in the great outdoors doing guy things together, but building father-son relationships making good memories and doing all of that in the context of the love of God. But I also want to see us develop a adopt-a-son program for young men in this community that do not have a dad in their home, don't have a dad in their life, but a man in this church is willing to be a dad to them for that weekend and take them in. I've done this kind of work for years. I've seen God transform lives. Some of the guys that you saw that were part of our team were part of those retreats over the years from the Norfolk area. Now, some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, man, Pastor, I want to just, I want to go over here and I want to do overseas missions and I want to do Franklin County, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we'll let you do that, okay? We'll let you just go all over wherever you want to and serve, but I've got to have organizational teams in different areas to help put this together. Folks, let me say this to you. One of the joys that I have had in the mission trips that we have done this summer is I have seen the power of this church. ...to be used of God to bless communities and bless the lives of people. I've seen the power of God operating through this congregation... ...whether it's been doing repair work over in Christiansburg... ...and the work we did there, the block party we did there... ...whether it's what you just saw and you've heard in the testimonies... ...but God, I believe, wants to use you all in so many ways... ...and God has equipped this congregation with so much talent... ...and so many abilities... And I I just can't say to you what it is like at the end of a day. And you've heard this in the testimonies. You may be tired and you may be worn out, but to lay your head on a pillow and lay your body on an air mattress and know God used me today. God used me. There's no feeling quite like that. And for us as a church to be able to gather like we did this morning and say, God used our church. God used our church, and God is using our church. There was an email that came in this week to the Shrimp website from a lady whose mother lives in the community that we ministered ministered in during Shrimp called Young's Terrace. It's the largest community we worked in, 700-plus units there. It says, I'm sending this email on behalf of my mother. My mother is a resident of Young's Terrace for your church-held Vacation Bible School last week. In the midst of all the bad things that have happened recently in her neighborhood, she was so very happy to see your church come out for the children. This neighborhood and others like it have been overlooked for so long. It feels good to have people like you investing in the youth. Please accept this message of sincere gratitude From the Young Terrace community. God bless. Let's pray.